Hi, everyone. My name is Michelle Bonzek, and welcome to my podcast, Might I Suggest. The reason I wanted to start a podcast is that I have so many amazing and wonderful friends who have so many things that they're passionate about. It can be a book or a movie or a TV show. It can be a sculpture or a music video, anything like that. And I think that we connect so much more when we share these things with each other. And our world is a little bit crazy town. And so I wanted to bring together people to share their joys with each other. And so that's what this whole podcast is about. I'm super excited to share all of these fun, cool people that I know with you and all of the reasons why they love these weird, awesome, great, cool things. So without further ado, I hope you love the first episode of Might I Suggest. wonderful, amazing friend, John Herman. He is a teacher. He's an improviser. He is a writer. And he's one of the coolest people that I've ever known. And so today, his episodes are actually going to be split into two. So this first episode is all about classic Doctor Who. I hope you love and enjoy it as much as I loved and enjoyed talking to him about it. Classic Doctor Who. So... Tell me a little bit about why classic Doctor Who specifically, and not just Doctor Who overall, yep. was your choice. I've been a Doctor Who fan since I was very little, and I have not been part of any fandom or like culture around things that I'm interested in, and I have watched this kind of fandom created around Doctor Who ever since the show came back in 2005 that I have felt like weirdly connected to like I'm like a part of it but I'm also it's not like my Doctor Who in a way <laughs> but I, I I do like it um and I'm I mean I've yeah I, but I think the... Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. <laughs> How you I started sound, watching Doctor Who. <laughs> by the way, this might be the most pretentious you sound. <laughs> right, okay. I, yeah. He's, this is not my Who. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is like I started with how, you know, what... Yeah, this is going to be horribly pretentious. How everybody started with Doctor Who, which is through PBS. As an American... You started through, with Doctor Who through PBS. It was the only station that actually played Doctor Who. And, you know. How old were you? Uh, elementary school age. Cool. So the thing about Doctor Who is that it was screened at our local PBS affiliate after hours. And I don't know when it actually was. Mm-hmm. But I was little. So whatever it was. It could have been 8 o'clock and it was right. after hours for me. <laughs> and I could probably turn it on quietly and they would show a half hour or because they're broken up into serials. So it might be a five-part story. Each episode is about a half hour. And that's how Doctor Who worked. So I would just catch like a serial or two. And maybe they showed, you know what? I think they showed like three or four a night. Yeah. But I could only make it through a couple. So 
even if I was a, like a religious watcher every night, I missed half of each story. <laughs> and when I'd watch it, it was so out there. And it was so bizarre and so surreal in a way that the only um, stable aspect was the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the doctor. The, the rotating, you know, cast of characters surrounding the doctor didn't quite know what was going on. There was threats and violence and, you know, the world is ending and they're on a different planet. They're in the past. They're in the future. I would try to grasp what was going on, but I've just kind of watched a, a hero who, you know, kind of went through this surreal world mm -hmm. as a kid. So that was it. Um, very into it. You know, I don't have to educate anybody probably who's listening on the, the concept of the show. <laughs> I can tell you that, again, most people <laughs> who have been introduced to Doctor Who in my generation were introduced to the fourth Doctor because that was the first Doctor that was really screened uh, in the United States. So the, the American public missed a lot of the first three Doctors mm -hmm. until Doctor Who became popular enough that they went back and started screening some of the earlier stuff. So... The Fourth Doctor, those episodes were made in the, in the late 70s, early 80s. It was Tom Baker. So is he your doctor? He is my doctor, I would say. Now that Doctor Who is much more popular and it's like not this weird subculture of people who, you know, little kids who stay up late and watch PBS. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a television show that's like on. Except I, I hear, so first of all, <laughs> this is why I'm like... Doctor Who in the United States is completely bizarre because in, say, England, it it, it screens before primetime. Yes. It is this family show that has some scariness for adults, some simplicity, some goofiness. It's science fantasy. So, yeah, it's not even trying to be science fiction. It's, it's about imaginative ideas. They try and tackle some real-world plot problems, but lightly. And it's something the whole family can watch, and it's bizarre. But in the United States, it's screened later, is my understanding. And so the actual target audience, which is different generations of the family watching it together, never get to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't understand the, the marketing for Doctor Who. It must seem like a really idiotic show to most adults who are like, because I've, I've, and I'm not completely, I'm a cord cutter. I have no idea when it actually screens. But my understanding is that Doctor Who has screened at like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night, which just seems bizarre. It's like, why would you show a kid's show at 9 p.m.? <laughs> well, but I don't think that most of America views it as a kid's show. Because I think that, now, full disclosure, I never experienced Doctor Who when I was a kid. In fact, you were my gateway person yeah. to watching Doctor Who. And the way that you described it to me was Doctor Who is the kids show and Torchwood is a sexy like adult after hours time. Yeah. <laughs> and, at the time when yes. you at, at at during the moment when you, when I you was, had your introduction yes. that so that dates for those of you that are listening when Michelle started watching yes. Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> um and so the ninth doctor was my intro. Right. And I gave up on it, actually, and was like, mm, I'm not really into it. And then you were like, try again. <laughs> yeah. And I did. And then I, and I pushed through and I got to the 10th Doctor. And I feel like the 10th Doctor is my, yeah. is my gateway doctor. Yeah. Um, David Tennant, 
big fan. But for my research from this, I went back and watched some old episodes. There's a bunch on YouTube that you can find. Um, and PBS does still air stuff sometimes. And BBC America has some stuff. Yep. But a lot of the old episodes are really difficult to find now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are, they're normally Tom Baker. And what I realized was I find the older episodes to be really harder to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't quite know why. And I've been trying to figure out why I feel that way. And I don't know if it's just because of my affinity now for the new one. Yeah. The older versions seem slower paced to oh, me. Oh, absolutely. There are some very problematic things in regards to companions for me. Yeah. In fact, I think it, one of the doctors, it might be the third or fifth doctor. I think it's the third doctor. Like, chokes. Oh, that's the uh, sixth doctor. Oh, okay. Sixth doctor tries to kill one of his companions through strangling her. Yeah, yeah. So there's some stuff that I'm not super into in the past ones. Whereas with the more contemporary doctors, I'm wholeheartedly in, in a way that I know you haven't been with some of the things. Yeah. It was really interesting to go back and experience things as an adult. Yep. from that time period yep. because I do think that those ones lend themselves more to family mm-hmm. than I think that some of these newer ones do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the new show has taken, and we're saying new show and it's <laughs> since 2005. Um, but the, the, the reboot, eh, it's not even a reboot. The, the return has very much borrowed what it liked from the past and ignored what it didn't like probably to its benefit that's what the show has done for 50 years so like you look at the first doctor right when they changed to the second doctor it was a refresh they took the things they liked and didn't there was like you know maybe he shouldn't be an old you know grumpy grumpy grandfather grandfather. let's have him be like more likable and so then the second doctor and then and he became like your kooky uncle. Yeah, yeah. And then the third doctor was during the time when like James Bond was getting really popular. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the third doctor, it's not like the first or second doctor or any of the modern doctors. He's like more suave. He has he does karate and he's oh. like it's action adventure and they put a military aspect to it. So that's where unit is created and like they take away his TARDIS. Oh, isn't the TARDIS locked for a whole season? Yeah. Well, it's not lost. It's broken. So he's fixing it. And like he's the science advisor for Earth. And, you know. So, yeah. And then the fourth doctor is very bohemian 70s. Like he's not a hippie, but like, I guess maybe. And then fifth doctor is more clean cut and young and is, is pretty, is pretty, it's a very simple depiction of the doctor. And he wears like a cricket outfit. I thought that that one thing that in my research I found very interesting is that so Tom Baker and David Tennant, I feel like are the two like doctors yep. for a lot of people. Yep. And the youngest doctors ever came directly after both of those yep. people. And both of them, it was like this weird, like what's going to happen. And they both did a great job, I think, but it was a very different direction yep. that the doctor had gone in. Yep. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Also I'm... David Tennant and Tom Baker married uh, women they met on the show. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the women were related to Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no. 
So what, I guess what I'm saying is that each doctor is a reflection of their times. And that has happened in the new show. It's a reflection of the needs of the moment. So it is very, very easy to bash classic Doctor Who because there's a reason things changed. Yeah. <laughs> and they changed every few years. If you look at the, the seventh Doctor, it was changing and evolving desperately to, to retain audience before it was canceled. And even the eighth Doctor, which was only one episode or one TV movie, was a, a kind of this you know, a reflection of the times. It was very American. It was produced by Fox and BBC. And really? Everybody except for the doctor is American in the show. <laughs> so he wears Wild Bill Hickok's costume. That's crazy. Yeah. And that didn't get picked up. So then it Weird. pushed to the ninth doctor <laughs> years later. Do you know why it was brought back? The people who brought it back... People attempted to bring it back year after year after year. It was stopped for years. And I, you know, a quick visit to Wikipedia or something could correct me. But I know it was wrapped up for a long time because there was going to be a movie. Um, And everybody from Steven Spielberg wanted to make a movie. I think, uh, we can Google this later, Michael Jackson wanted to play the Doctor at one point. Like... There are some weird, weird attempts at at bringing Doctor Who back, and finally they they tried to they yeah someone just had a good idea and they were going to keep it simple. They were going to ignore kind of the the history and slowly bring it back and just reintroduce it for a new new audience. But in many ways, that old classic Doctor Who is the story of. Me getting introduced to magical realism and weirdness and fantasy and and me constantly trying to figure out what was going on was, was part of the fun. In some ways, I miss those times of watching Doctor Who and being like, what the heck is going on? Because you kind of know what's going on. Even though it's weird, yes. you know what's going on. But I, I really kind of enjoyed not knowing what was going on and just trusting in the main character to like get you through it Mm -hmm. (laughs) no matter what the face of that person was i actually grew up (laughs) spoiler and worked for my local pbs affiliate Mm -hmm. and one of my greatest moments (laughs) on that job was i got to work pledge night on air on tv and get people to pledge their support for pbs hosting doctor who night the very you know programming that i had watched when i was little I still have because you could you know you could pledge to PBS and get like a t-shirt or a tote bag Mm -hmm. I still have uh, the t-shirt from that night I may have taken one (laughs) I can't remember (laughs) I don't think I bought it I don't remember it was like a parting gift thanks for you know John Herman stealing (laughs) regardless one t-shirt at a time I'm just saying I have a t-shirt and it is in tatters and it's actually the Tom Baker logo Mm-hmm. On a plain white t-shirt. And I cherish that tattered old t-shirt that's faded. We just, before we podcasted today, went to the local coffee shop. And John was rocking a Tom Baker-esque scarf. Yeah, yeah. I just got that as a gift. And um, I don't know. I don't I don't usually, like, wear my fandom on my sleeve this um, one's around your neck. I know, it's totally I know. Different. If, you know, I'm wearing it because it's snowing outside. Yeah. 
But also, it's not something, it's not, it doesn't say like Doctor Who on it or anything. It's just like a little nod that if you are, yeah, well, to me, right, to you, it's flaming (laughs) Doctor Who. Like, you know, it's funny because I was in a store earlier this week and someone said, Oh, I really like your scarf. And I thought that they were giving me the signal, like, Oh, and I was like, Oh, are you, you're a fan of Doctor Who? And they were like, What? Yeah. Actually, I am. Why do you ask? <laughs> I was like, oh, because this is a Doctor Who scarf. And they're like, whatever, it's uh, UO1695. <laughs> like, and I was like, what? Did we just not have a conversation about Doctor Who? Or did we actually have a conversation about Doctor Who? And that's what I mean about like that disconnect yeah. with, like, I'm not ancient. <laughs> I'm not an ancient person, yet, you know, kids these days. <laughs> and they're 10th Doctor. And, they're, like, and it's just because I was watching when I was eight. And, you know, I do think that knowing you, I very easily could see how influential this has been to the creative stuff that you've done over the years. I love time travel. I love I love science fantasy. I am not a big hard science fiction fan. Uh, It's hard for me. I've been trying to get into the expanse for for example. I don't know. It's not into it. Give me some Douglas Adams before anything, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I don't know. And it, it, it all is probably because of Doctor Who, that just kind of appreciation for having fun, and it's a light show. It's not saving people's lives. It's, it's just kind of... Despite the fact that they save a lot of people's yes, lives yeah. and in they, most episodes. And they lightly try to educate you. From the beginning, they will have historicals that kind of, they, they try to teach some kids a little bit about a history while they're trying to freak them out. Yeah. But, you know... There are certain aspects of the show that I feel like they're not bold enough to do in the new show. And there's always an alien, for example, mm-hmm. in, you know, or like some sort of monster. Yeah. But that was not what the old show. Sometimes there were episodes that just took place in the past. Yeah. And they were okay. <laughs> I loved when I was doing some research for this, finding out that like in the old episodes, there was only like three or four episodes of dialects oh the dialects yeah the and uh the cybermen i think were in one episode um no there are there like, there depends on what doctor the daleks are actually they may have made doctor who popular because they i want to say everyone loves the catchphrase so yeah that makes i think i want to say the second serial the second adventure yep. and series of episodes with the very first doctor included the daleks and then there were movies are you familiar with the Doctor Who movies? No. From the 1960s? Okay, so there are two full-length movies that were in theaters with a doctor who is not on television. Oh. And the movies are recreations of the show. The, a lot of the aspects that had been established in later in the show are not there. So they're real time capsule things. Um, he is literally... A guy who created a time machine and is traveling with his granddaughter and the, the, he's not an alien oh. for example because that had not been established in the show yet when the movies came out oh. so there's there's interesting aspects like that and in some ways it completely ignores the show and that's that's been a thing i know behind the scenes like that's what's kept it from being a movie but it, it the one of the cool aspects of doctor who culture and fandom now that i'm 
I'm happy about <laughs> is there is there's just hundreds of audio dramas of the mm-hmm. old doctors. Say you want you really were into the third doctor or this well not the third doctor the the third doctor is that the lost doctor the se- well the second doctor there are very few episodes okay. of the second yeah. doctor and a lot of the modern takes on the doctor are based on the second so i think all all of that it, it's you can you can experience classic doctor who today through audio drama just through a little bit of googling yeah. which is really which is really neat for a uh, ancient fan like me <laughs> did you see day of the doctor yeah, I've seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the melding together of so many doctors? Um, they've done that multiple times. Right, but usually was- around the nan- the anniversary. Yeah, it's so it's this uh, tradition of Doctor Who is that around the anniversary they they do a multi doctor story. That was good. It was a little sad that they had to like create a doctor because the ninth doctor did not want to be a part of it. Yeah. But, you know, that's how the, the show innovates. It takes its limitations or its problems and it creates something out of it. So it's kind of neat. It's like it's almost like a 60-year artistic experiment continuing to innovate on an idea. So it's interesting in that aspect as an artist as well. So I have a few more questions for you. Yeah. Question one. Do you have a companion that you love especially? Um... I really liked, I think my favorite combination is the second Doctor with Jamie and Zoe. Jamie was a Scottish Highlander (laughs) who wears a kilt the entire time. Nice. And is like a kind of a warrior. And Zoe is from the future and is like a genius and can fly the TARDIS as well as the Doctor. Cool. And they're both kids. They're both young. And then the doctor is like a goofy uncle. I think that that combination, like I, I would love it if the new show trusted itself enough to have two young people travel with the doctor. Yeah. Would be fun. And probably I really ha- have a special place in my heart for the fourth doctor and canine, the robot dog. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because I was a kid and... You know, there's all sorts of madness and surreal, weird science fiction and fantasy. and But it could also be about a guy and his dog. Yeah. His robot dog. Uh, for the modern show, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. There's much more. The, the companion is so much more important to the story in the modern show. Yeah. Like every companion is like the cause of the end of the world or the yeah. savior of the world. Mm-hmm. And it was not always like that. Sometimes the doctor just picks someone up and give them a few adventures and drop them off. And well, that's what happened with James Corden, and yeah, I loved that. Yeah, he I think he did two episodes and they were like two seasons apart. Um, and so the second se- second season, he had a baby with the woman he like right. ended up with in the end of the first episode he did, and yeah. it was just like this lovely little like boop adventure. Yeah, but I'm a I'm a sucker for the show. So my favorite doctor is always the doctor who's ever playing it right now. Yeah. Like, I am a apologist. Like, the show could be good, it could be bad, and I'll watch it. And that new doctor is my doctor. So I like I like Jodie Whittaker. That's the only season I, I haven't seen any of her episodes. Yet. Oh, you, you'll, you'll, I'm you'll excited love it. for them. You'll, you'll love it. 
she's very um, she, they again kind of shake off the past history there's almost no reference to the past she's a very simplistic version of the doctor i love her as an actress she's great she's great she definitely is closest to david tennant's depiction which you might like um yeah i think i could get on board with that you know trench coat little goofy dashing uh she actually just recently did his podcast yep and they had this lovely conversation about how crazy their world became the second their first episode aired with them as the doctor yeah which was really interesting because they had done broad church with each other yeah so they had become friends and then they both had had this journey pre and post broad church oh i bet i bet so then you're just part of history yeah for that country it's more than a show to a, a lot of british people especially well and here now too yeah yeah but i mean if it keeps going you know it's been on for you know, close to 60 years, you'd think, you know, how long does it have to be a part of popular culture before 100 years from now, it's like Robin Hood or... Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, you know, I'm overthinking it. But I don't know. There's there's certain aspects of modern popular culture that's just, this is how you tell your stories. Mm-hmm. And if you reflect your society and your troubles as a society through fiction, then it will have legs and you can go back to it and... Uh, look at it even if it's a goofy kids show i want to because i don't know if we'll ever talk about doctor who together again on a podcast i would like to give a big shout out to one of my favorite companions donna most people didn't like her donna's got some fans and i (laughs) love her okay and i think that her ending is one of the saddest storylines that i've ever yeah. seen in anything yeah i bobbed like a baby yeah when he dropped her back off at home yeah it was real sad yeah and then to have her grandfather be to the end yeah of the 10th doctor was yeah. like oof. yeah i also was surprised at how quickly i fell in love with matt smith's doctor mm-hmm because I didn't want to. <laughs> I had grown so fond of Tennant's Doctor yeah. that I was like, who's this new person? Yeah. But he really won me over pretty quickly. Yeah, no, he's he's good. And his whole aesthetic is like the second Doctor. Mm-hmm. He's He's got the suspenders, bow tie, goofiness, wiser beyond his years. So in many ways, he's, he's very much like a classic Doctor. Tennant is a big Doctor Who fan as a person. He Mm -hmm. was in the audio dramas before the show came back. Yes. As secondary characters when he was young. And, um, you know, he he was always a big fan, yet and is bold enough to be his own thing. Whereas I think some of the others may have been, you know, directed to be like a Doctor. I don't know. I I don't know what the behind the scenes are like. But I know Jodie Whittaker has said that she's seen a couple Tenet episodes and you can you i'd like to say you can see that Mm -hmm. but i don't know or she's just being herself well it's funny because she actually said on his podcast that she purposely has not watched yeah a lot of the canon yeah she's kind of picked to choose a few episodes here and there yeah because she was like oh no the best advice that anybody has given me about how to play the doctor is to be my own doctor right yep because then you push the show forward and yeah explore new things 
So is there any lasting thing that you would like to tell people about why they should give Classic Who a chance? Um, you know, it's... Uh, I have watched a few episodes with my son, who's nine, and he was on the edge of his seat. It's a slower pace. It's I don't think he's quite ready for the new show, but he was ready for the old show. Mm -hmm. And obviously you got to pick and choose because some of it's like the 60s and there, there may be misogyny, racism. Who knows what's going to pop up in an episode? Yes. But, you know, he, it was at his pace and he was riveted. And he found the Daleks to be too scary to watch. Mm -hmm. So we had to skip. We, we watch a couple up ep a couple episodes of a, of a Dalek adventure and then he was like done with that go back to a history one <laughs> so oh, I was like I was like wow okay so the Daleks are scary <laughs> yeah and that's what yeah. it is it's a it's a it's a family show a little bit of adventure do you have a scariest villainy I don't know I'm not a fan of uh I thought some of the ideas, like the coolest idea, is maybe it's City of Death. I can't remember what the episode is. And I think it's Fourth Doctor, but it's this castle with these like vampires basically inside it. And by the end of the adventure, you find out that they're astronauts and that the castle is a rocket and that they're, they're just living out. They've forgotten who they were. And... In the end, like, the thing flies away. Um, but I just, it's the ideas, I think, that draw me to it. Mm -hmm. um, not the monsters or the, I kind of find most Cybermen or Dalek episodes to be not as good as as other things. Some of the, yeah, just kind of the weird ones are my favorites. What was the one where they couldn't remember once they had seen it? So they had to, like, they ticked off. The silence. That's uh, uh, the silence was the one that really was like, oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. More so than the others. Yeah. I kind of feel like the dialects are a little campy and it's why I love them. Like, <laughs> I love a good exterminate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for me, I like the relationships and the affinity that each doctor carries for humans that brings Absolutely. me through the show. Absolutely. So, John, uh, thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, the first suggestion I have for you about something that you might love. Oh, I can't wait. Is Neil Gaiman's Ocean at the End of the Lane. I haven't read it. It's a really beautifully woven story. But I think that it has the um, interesting quirks that we love about classic Doctor Who. Yeah. In a well-told story. So I went to a Neil Gaiman event, and you could submit questions beforehand. And my question was about his Doctor Who episode, and they read it, and he answered it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, and it was, it was kind of silly. It was just kind of like, what was it like writing for Doctor Who? <laughs> like, it wasn't deep at all. All right, next suggestion. The second suggestion I have for you is Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Which is on Netflix right yeah, now. Yeah. I just got picked up for a second season. And I really think that you'll dig the whole storyline. It's weird, flawed, superhero y characters. Uh, time travel is involved. Love it. And 
just knowing you, I think that you'll really dig the way that the story unfolds. Cool, cool. And that's it. All right. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.